everybody, and welcome to the In Contention Podcast. I'm Joey Pasco, joined as always by Matt Cranstuber. How's it going? And Ruben Bressler. How's it going, everybody? Ruben is on a little bit of a delay, we're noticing. So uh, if we if we talk over each other a little bit this episode, yeah. you'll have to uh, forgive us. But uh, so, how's it going, everybody? It's uh, it's going real good. Pretty good. Just- I'm watching this coverage, having a good time. Yeah, we've uh, we've got some some excitement. We're actually recording during the finals of the World Magic Cup between uh, between Puerto Rico and Chinese right. Taipei. Yeah, neither of which are actually countries. So, <laughs> kind kind of yes. interesting there. One's a Commonwealth. One's a protectorate. I believe. Yeah, well, sure. uh, Chinese Taipei not- gets a little, yeah, it gets a little dicey politically with uh, with Chinese Taipei, otherwise known as Taiwan. But protectorate uh, sounds know, like a creature them- type. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's it's even protectorate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So uh, there was no Star City Open series this particular weekend for us to talk about, but. In Contention is the official podcast of the Star City Games Open Series, and of course this weekend we do have an Open Series event. The Open Series rolls into Denver, Colorado, with $10,000 prize pools in both the Standard and Legacy Opens. If you can't be there, be sure to tune in to scglive.com and catch Adrian Sullivan and me, bringing you guys all the action. The Twitter hashtag for this weekend is scgden, so you can use that to join in the discussion, and if you can't make it out... Be sure to check out an invitational qualifier tournament near you. You can go to the StarCityGames.com Open Series page for a complete listing at StarCityGames.com slash open underscore series. So, uh, so Cranny, you want to run down the hashtags? Yeah, yeah. So I, I just flew in from lovely Gen Con. actually didn't fly in, but uh, we have all sorts of Gen Con discussion to talk about. Then we have hashtag all the formats in all capital letters because there was a metric ton of uh, magic being played this weekend at Gen Con. We're going to also obviously talk about the World Magic Cup 2012. And we're going to talk about the uh, the future of the World Magic Cup, uh, our little retrospective on the piece, maybe get into some discussion on uh, how the format played out and... Um, you know, sort of how they how they run things from a logistics perspective, and uh, we also got to. Um, I'm sorry, we, we received the updated G Grand Prix schedule for 2012 and 2013, and uh, so we'll go over that, and then just some small fun things that happened at Gen Con that I think are uh, notable. So, yeah, uh, you guys want to just start with the, uh, the the Gen Con discussion, Cranny, since you were there, or did you want to go right into uh, into this actual? finals well, that's happening right now let's uh let's talk gen con for a minute i Sounds mean good. uh you know it's it's been on everybody's feeds facebook twitter you know text messages advertisements pretty much anybody who's everybody anybody who's anybody is uh, at gen con this weekend except for you guys of course <laughs> and um hey it, it was it was crazy i i've gone a few times and uh in recent years, and this year was it was just insane. I couldn't believe how many people were were in the in the hall, um, not not just in the exhibitor hall where all these uh, vendors from all <laughs> from like you know small game developers all the way up to you know the mothership and and or these you know huge uh, game companies have these booths set up, and um, you know it was just it was just really cool to see. 
you know, uh, to see like all of these different uh, subcultures and, and gamers and non-gamers and, and magic players and, and board gamers uh, all come into one building and kind of like take over Indianapolis. Um, it, so it was really cool. So it was definitely the most, it was the biggest event that I think I've ever been to. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but if there were less than 50,000 people in attendance, I, I, I may be surprised. Yeah. Uh, so this is, wow, something- that is a ton. Yeah. I mean, that it just seems kind of incredible. And I, I think this is something now I, I had obviously heard of Gen Con, I don't know how many years ago, but I'd never had any desire to go to Gen Con. Not that I didn't have any desire, but it was never anything that I felt like I was missing out. Uh, but this year, them having the, the World Magic Cup there, I really feel like I'm missing out. I'm sitting here like, oh, I just wish I was there. And uh, <laughs> it, it, this is, you know, it's pro tour level. This is, this is kind of like Worlds. Um, so, I mean, it pretty much is worlds. Sure. Sure. And, uh, so now I'm like, wow, I really, really need to go to Gen Con next year or figure something out because I feel like I'm missing out. And, um, it may be a function of me having missed a lot of the pro tour coverage, uh, pre, uh, you know, this kind of new all weekend, you know, the entire event, new style pro tour coverage that they've been doing for the past, uh, like I guess six or seven months, uh, basically since, what pro tour dark ascension uh i had been doing scg live coverage of those weekends so i missed most of it and this weekend i get, actually i'm catching it all and i'm like oh man i really want to be there so uh you know it, it seems seems really really exciting yeah for sure it's uh it, it's it you mentioning pro tour coverage or like the pro tour experience um is uh, is a really apt comparison, and uh, it's really nice to see participation from Watsi in such a grand scale. Of course, like the new, well, I shouldn't say the new, but the revamped uh, coverage area was just like amazing. Like where Marshall and and those guys were uh, doing the commentary was just like beautiful, and um, and they they brought they you know flew in or drove drove in this this giant Sarah Angel statue that was sort of like a really nice meeting place where, you know, of course everybody um, is trying to get a hold of other people, but it's impossible to, to find anybody else. So you're like, Hey, just meet me at the Sarah Angel statue. Yeah. And uh, when they were running the events, past times would say, <laughs> um, this event's firing, meet the Sarah Angel statue and find judge Smith and he'll take you to where your uh, games will play out. So yeah, that statue is actually a staple of their, co- I think the first time I saw that live uh, was 2007 worlds in New York. Mm-hmm. I went, went up to that and I saw the Sarah angel statue. So I remember feeling like that when I first saw it and they, they bring that, I think to just all the, the pro tour kind of events. So, yeah. And, and of course uh, there were a lot of Watsi employees that were on campus, uh, you know, like Zach Hill, Aaron Forsyth, I believe Tom Apley was there, Gavin Verhey, Patrick Jarrett, um, and I'm sure there's a number of other names I'm, I'm missing, but they were all there and, uh, in some capacity, they're, you know, assisting with coverage and stuff on the websites or, you know, uh, like Forsyth said, I'm, I'm not going to wear a magic related shirt today. I'm just going to, to play games all day. Um, so a lot of them were there to, uh, just relax and play some games. So very cool. You guys, uh, just pretty much covered it. I mean, I wasn't there, and uh, I mean, the, the the thing that I've been noticing, I've been watching a lot of the coverage. So, I guess if you guys uh, would like to have the perspective of uh, of since I've been watching the coverage all three days, um, they've done, just done some gorgeous things with with uh, with the coverage that I want to steal and use for for Star City stuff. 
um, and some mistakes that I can learn from, you know, that we can that we can use. But uh, they've they, they've just done a great job with this. This was a wonderful experiment um, that, that, that appears to have gone off really really well. And I think that in the future there are some kinks that need to be worked out in the system. Of course, the first year of any new system isn't going to be perfect. Um, I think that I will segue into into the uh, the future of the World Magic Cup uh, discussion in in one facet, real quick, which is that it doesn't really work for large countries uh, the the way it's currently set up. So we had this year we had Brian Kibler, who was the national the United States uh, champion guy, and then we had three people who randomly won tournaments in cities that you probably can't get to right right so you've got you can if you're lucky you can get to one if you're lucky you can get to two if you try hard you can go to all three i guess but it is not an easy thing in the united states or brazil or canada or russia or argentina it just doesn't make sense to have this style of of thing happen in big, geographically big countries like that. It makes a lot of sense for Chinese Taipei and Puerto Rico, who are in the finals, and other smaller countries that um, – like you noticed how well these smaller countries did in this tournament. They, like all of them made, you know, made top eight are, or were small countries. Now, of course, most countries are small countries, so I guess that's just one way to look at it. But like you look at the teams from like the Slovak Republic – you look at the team from the Netherlands, and they're just more stacked mm-hmm. with the with the country's good players than guys that can you know that are okay, that are good players. I mean, they've clearly won the tournament. This is nothing bad against Alex Binnick or Joe Panaccio. I'm just saying that they aren't Patrick Chapin. You know, they aren't uh, they aren't Sam Black. They aren't Jerry Thompson. You know, they aren't Louis Scott Vargas and Brian Kibler. They aren't on that level, which we, which honestly, I would rather have that type of player make it to the national team. Because um, in the past, we had national champions and players on national teams like you know Charles Gindy and Mike Jacob and Paul Cheon, and these were you know two thirds of the of the national team would be big names, and then the one guy that randomly won would be on the team, but. You know, it, it's it's a lot tougher now for the big name players to be on the national team because it just doesn't make any sense to fly to these tournaments. They're like PTQs, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, you first place has a great prize. First place, you get to be on the national team. Every other prize is bad. There's yeah. no there's no, there's no reason to go. Like, yeah, you don't you don't and the other six thing hours is, to win a box. They have no. Right, exactly. There's no, and there's also no prestige. You have no chance of being your team's national champion. So why would you fly to this tournament just to be on the national team with a zero percent chance of being the actual champion? Whereas the old national system may not have worked as well for the smaller countries, but certainly worked really well for the big countries. So there needs to be some sort of happy medium in between. It's possible that what they should do is just let the different countries decide what works best or let the big countries go back to the old system. Right. So, um, yeah. But other, I'm, I'm sorry, Ruben. Go ahead. I was going to say other than that, it's uh, other than that, it's just a fantastic. I mean, th- that's just 
sort of a nitpicky thing. Um, that we got kind of lucky that we got Luis Scott Vargas to be on the team with Brian Kibler because otherwise it just would have been Kibler or nobody, you know. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this on no, Friday No offense morning. to the other guys. Of course, yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about this a little bit on Friday morning because, you know, everybody's getting excited for Gen Con and the, and the coverage starts. And you look at the, the way this is kind of set up and, you know, this is supposed to be worlds. And so you're representing your country or these players are representing their country and you want it to be representative of the best players in that country. And mm-hmm. so, okay, you take the top pro. He's in. Awesome. Next guy. Um could be anybody, you know, and and I think the the idea is with Magic, uh, we've we've anybody who's been playing the game for a long time, or even read, uh, or, or you know, or read about like the design and things, they want luck to be a part of it, and so there is this element of an any given Sunday kind of thing mm. in Magic, and so you can you know you can have a match between a pro player and someone who's just you know pretty good or or you know average to pretty good, and you know the the match can go the other way that, you know, the pro player doesn't always win, but you know, when you look over the course of time, that pro player is a much better representation of, uh, of the country than this guy who happened to win, uh, uh, an MCQ or what is it? Uh, a, a qualifier. And yeah, I was just going to say, you got to look at PCQP. That's that. <laughs> you got to look at these tournaments, this, uh, you know, these high profile, low attendance tournaments, which this is like, you know, uh, the high-profile low attendance tournament, um, you know, as worlds have usually gone, and these are an entertainment platform, right? Like, and so are, are pro tours to a point. Like, you don't necessarily strive to be on uh, the World Magic Cup uh, team the same way that you would to be on the pro tour. So, really, like, it, it, it it's about you know how does Wizards want to position this tournament? Do they want it to be something that everyday Joe Schmo like says, I want to be on the world or I want to be like on the United States team? Um, or do you want it to be like, I want to watch these juggernauts like duel it out because this is the only time a year aside from, you know, the three times a year that we get to watch the pro tour where we get to see these huge names from all over the world, you know, play against each other. Cause I mean, let's be honest, like, it, it, you know, that, Magic had a very real danger of having pro-level play de-emphasized to a point where people were saying they weren't going to play competitive Magic anymore. And, um, and I think that this is, a, this is one that hasn't been that well received by uh, pro-level competitors. And I think that I would rather see it be five, or, I'm sorry, four big names bashing it out against four big names from from another country right or even just um, like three the three top pros and one qualifier or something like that like maybe if you want to add one element of hey you know the the every man can play and represent his country but just one slot or like or the rookie of the year the amateur or whatever like they yeah. used to have uh uh there was an amateur um Oh gosh, it's been so long, and I'll probably misquote it. But there was like an amateur event that they used to run at Origins like a decade ago, and I would love to see something like that where would similar you like to the Christian Leitner. Uh, no, just like the person who didn't have a pro point going into the season that ended the season with the most pro points or something, or um, you know, something along those lines where you have a guy that's like, hey, you know, I was like this FNM guy, and all of a sudden I have you know twenty five pro points. That's that's a significant accomplishment, and that's something that like only comes around like you know once in every blue moon, and and it gives people something to strive for. And 
I, I don't know. It's just I, I think that like I did not get to 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 watch the coverage in the same way that you guys did um, because I was there. I did get to see a lot, which you know, I'll talk about maybe after we transition out of this particular topic. Um, but uh, well, I, I guess I'll just say I I got to watch people build their pools. And watching Kibler and LSV uh, along with you know the other the other guys on the team was a spectacle. I mean, it had people gathering around to watch this happen. Like, it, it, can you imagine if it was just LSV or maybe or, or maybe even like someone not like LSV? Maybe the top pro was somebody who's like who's a very good player but doesn't have like the name brand recognition that LSV does. Like, you know, let's say it was like Quad uh, Ennis or somebody um, who you know guys like us like really respect and know him whatever, but but maybe the, he just doesn't have that name brand recognition. I don't think that it would have got that, that same kind of press. And I think you want people to rally around this tournament. Um, it, it's a, it, it demonstrates all of magic's best formats. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's really like, again, magic's best players, magic's best formats from all the countries around the world. Yeah, and I don't think you want to do that with amateurs. I I just don't think that's a good idea to showcase that kind of uh, event with amateur players. Totally agree. Hmm. So, uh, so you mentioned though, you know, F and M guy, um, you know that that could make it to the you know this World Magic Cup. Uh, we did have something of you know an F and M championship in the actual FNM championship. So uh so we had that. There were actually several yeah. several uh, events happening this weekend and um so we had vintage champs, legacy champs and FNM champs. So uh Cranny, did you uh you you had found those uh those lists you want to you want to start with uh with with one of those in particular? Sure. I um so the the prizes that they gave out for these are really cool. Um so the the event that was kicked off first was a, which is on Friday morning was the vintage uh, champs tournament and uh, they gave away an alternate art time twister um, which was like on this oversized card and this really nice frame um, and the the event was won uh, it looks like by a guy by name Mark Lenigra. And he was playing just a typical, looks like time vault, uh, like Tezzeret type list. Actually, he does not have Tezzeret, but it's a time vault key with blight steel and confidants and snapcasters. The, the top eight is very, if you play a lot of vintage, there's no like real curveballs. Um, we did have a deck that had Cavern Souls that made the, uh, that was a semifinalist, Michael Guthrow, who uh, was playing Salvagers with the cavern souls which is like really techie mm. um wow I, yeah so that's a great way to just say well like one of my combo components happens to be a creature uh you know and and it also turns out that it's uh it's a human just like dark confidant and snapcaster and trinket mage so that's a that's a pretty good combination there um you know it was kind of kind of fun uh that people were playing vintage pastimes had roped off the area so you couldn't actually get there, which I, I think that that's, uh, that's ultimately a good thing, but it was very disappointing. I love burning vintage matches. I think it's just like, it's like watching a case study on like how to play out a fundamental turn unfold in front of you. And, uh, we didn't get to see any of that. So I don't know. I don't believe they showed any coverage of the vintage champs. Um, but 
they should. They should definitely be covering these tournaments um, because I think that like players who have never experienced vintage would be very entertained to watch some of these games play out. I mean, at least once a year, you get you should be able to watch vintage on television or on the internet or whatever we're gonna call it. Um, it's very, you know, it's 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 not an important format. It's not a relevant format to most people, but it's good to know your roots. You know what I mean? Mm. Like when you teach a new player about the game and you say. And they ask, so these these cards are pretty expensive. You know, what's the most expensive magic card? And you say, Black Lotus. And then they say, well, uh, have you ever played with one? And then you go, no, it's only legal in this one format that no one's ever seen. Right? <laughs> so right, right. that's kind of weird, you know? And uh, it's it's a little disappointing that, you know, that we don't embrace this sort of classic uh, – you know, it, 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 I, you know, it's it's sort of like if you're a golf fan, most of the time you don't really care about the the senior circuit, but once a year you pay attention to the to the PGA Championship for the seniors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's because you get to watch all the old guys, and that's what you want to do sometimes is just watch all the old guys play Magic and by, you know, so you get to see Time Walk and you get to see Moxon. And you get to see all these cards that no one should really be playing in real life. But they do, and it's fun to see once a year. And then you can go back to your block championships that are full of Jund and Four Color. And then you can go back to Standard where everything's Delver. And then you can go mm-hmm. you know, Modern and all that good stuff. But Vintage is just uh, – it's, it's, it's just something that people should get to watch on television once a year. And it's, it's a little unfortunate that it overlaps now. Because the 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 national or the um, the World Magic Cup is going to be at Gen Con every year, and so is the the Vintage Champs. But I don't see any reason why they can't just live stream some feature matches even without commentary. Mm. Yeah, or even even just the top eight, or you know the top the finals or something. Because I think, like you said, at least yeah. you want to show this, you want to showcase this particular portion. Like this is the history of Magic. It's a it's a you know the oldest format. I guess is the best way to put it. Even though it's Technically, it's got its quirks. It's not as if you're playing, you know, circa 1996 or something. But uh, I think one of the things that made Legacy so popular was the fact, not just that there, that Star City was putting on these events for players to play in, but players that maybe never would get the opportunity to play Legacy at a Star City event were able to watch from home and say, hey, you know what, you know, I think the local shop might be interested in running a legacy tournament. This looks like a fun format. I want to play with these cards. And so I think you could have the same situation with Vintage. You have people watch. They get excited about it. They go to their local shop and say, hey, you guys should run Vintage tournaments. The guy says, we do run Vintage tournaments. Six people show up, you know, (laughs) something like that. But Mm. if we we had more people excited about it, maybe we'd get more of a crowd or, or, you know, things like that where, where... you know, the, this is a format that is exciting. I personally feel like I never get to see vintage played. Mm-hmm. I don't. I've never played vintage. I have a couple of friends who do, uh, and actually, those are the guys that where I got most of my legacy cards when I wanted to get into legacy because they were like, "Yeah, we we have all these cards." Um, so, you know, it, it's it's just a format that I would love to see, even if it's just once a year. So, totally yeah. agree. Uh, so yeah, vintage was, vintage was very cool. And uh, so, congrats to that guy for winning that art. That was pretty neat. Um, of course, he won, we also- he won with Grixis deck, by the way. Grixis control list. 
that was somewhat interesting if you want to go take a look at it. We won't discuss it fully, but the list itself was somewhat interesting and somewhat unique. Overmaster? Yeah. Yeah. I'll post all the uh, links in the... Well, there's really just one link um, to all the coverage. The way that Wizards does their coverage is they just anchor these deck lists um, instead of, like, doing individual pages. Mm -hmm. So it makes it really nice because everything's Uh just all on one page, which I'll put that link, of course, in the show notes. Um, And uh, so on Saturday, they had a Legacy Champs, which I think had, like, 360 players or something. It was huge. Yeah. and uh, so that that event was like pretty much going on all day yesterday, uh, from like ten in the morning till I I think I left the tournament hall at around ten in the evening, and uh, I think they were just doing the top eight. So it was a uh, it's a long day for those guys. Um, some very very cool deck lists in the top eight. We see a good uh, indication of what the the metagame looks like. Not a lot of stuff floating to the, to the top. Like we don't see like four rug decks or four Esper Mage deck or uh, Esper Stoneblade decks. I just want to make um, a couple of remarks here. One, I, um, I uh, got to shout out my boys, Bobby Kovacs and Nick Beckfar for making top eight uh, playing lands and Maverick. Um, nice. Like, like those guys. But I wanted to point out like a card that was probably one of my favorite cards um, growing up and also one that I, I don't know, for some reason, like I just always remember playing this in old extended in uh, in three deuce. And this guy's Granger guild mage, which is in Ryan Lumford's, yeah. uh, I believe second place Maverick list. Uh, it's like a, it's a, it, well, it's like Maverick plus zoo. It's like, it's sort of wild. Uh, maybe it's more zoo than anything, but uh, yeah, one Granger guild mage just to like ping off, um, you know, opposing uh, uh, Grim Lava Mancers and, and uh, Insectile, not Insectile, uh, Delver of Secrets and Delvers, Dahlias. I mean, that guy's got a lot of that guy's got a lot of game, and you can green Sun Zenith for him, which he's not running any, which makes it kind of a weird inclusion. Um, but uh, I guess if you need that fifth Lava Mancer effect, that guy's pretty good. So, um, of course, uh, the the winner of this tournament. Chris Burgesson took home what I think is probably cooler than the the power that uh, alternate arts they've been giving away, which is an alternate art brainstorm, of course, in giant size. Yeah. Um, in the art is like ridiculous. Yeah, Chris it Ron is, is the uh, is the artist on that. I can see it barely on the on the picture there, but he's he's just one of those guys that I feel like he nails it every time. Mm. So, go go ahead, Cranny. I'm sorry. Well, but what, what a cool, what a cool prize! I mean, I think that they, they've been doing this alternate art stuff for over ten years, and they did the Black Lotus uh, for Vintage Champs forever ago, and they've sort of released all the power and all that. And I, I think these are really cool. I think there was a guy at some point who was trying to collect all of them and was like paying some insane price on uh, trying to pick up like the uh, alternate art recall and Moxin and stuff. If I'm not mistaken, may, or maybe it was like the original art or something that w- that was for them. But, uh, yeah, it was, a uh, it was a cool event. And a uh, couple, couple, couple people were, uh, were in it in the last round. Um, a couple of our friends, uh, John and Mark. And, uh, it, it, I, I just like kind of grimaced on, um, you know, I watched them play all day. They all, they, they both played really tight and they, they didn't have any losses until like, seven o'clock at night. And of course, when you play play magic for that long and you get like your final losses in the last couple rounds to knock you out, like that's just, 
completely uh, demoralizing, but I believe they made up for it by eating one of Indianapolis's many restaurants, which are just all insane. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, so then that finally leaves us with the F and M championship, which uh, didn't get as much press as I, I thought it might get. Um, but of course had, had probably the coolest prize out of anything, which is a giant, it's like six foot by six foot uh, matted, um, frame with every FNM promo that's ever been printed in them. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the, yeah. the pictures of that right now. That's crazy. And it, it just looks so sharp. Like, I would put this in a, in any room. I, I mean, it just looks awesome. Um, so, and uh, and he, he won with, uh, with uh, Infect. Yeah. Looks and, like uh, uh, what was his his opponent? Uh, so that was that was CJ Steele was the, yes. the champion there. He winning with Infect, which actually is a a deck that showed up a lot in the in the Cup portion of the event as well. Um, but his opponent Sammy Yunus playing uh, what it, it looks like uh, kind of what is it like uh, Sam? I'm sorry, uh, Reed Duke's Wolf Run Blue kind of mm-hmm. uh, kind of deck here. So it's I, pretty close to the to the exact main deck that he had, except that it looks like he added an extra Snapcaster Mage. Yeah. So. Yeah, very, very close. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool prize, I think. I mean, I know, uh, I know it's no giant brainstorm, but <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> impressive. It looks like it's actually two, like, I, I was looking at it, I thought, uh, you know, is this, is this for the first place and the second place? Like, but the first place just gets two of these frames. Yeah. It's just crazy uh, how many F and M promos there have been. I guess it makes sense over the so years. I, I got a plug. Um, uh, I, s- speaking of matting magic memorabilia, oh yeah, um, Star City had a sale, or I think they still have it. Um, they're lithographs of John Avon's uh, famous artwork that he did for the Lands in Unhinged, and um, they recently came in, and they're beautiful. And uh, so I'm, I'm currently in the process of getting those matted. I may have talked about that in a show previous, but uh, it's uh, this is definitely giving me ideas. I kind of like that gold frame with the black matting. I think that looks really sharp. Yeah, they. Uh, mm. I know, I'm sure Ruben's seen them now a number of times. I only got to see them in person in uh, in DC a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know they had them framed and matted in the uh, in the sales booth. And man, they look good. They're like the you know they're the the best lands. I feel like, um, but. It's, uh, you know, as far as, like, artwork goes, they're just my favorite five lands, and I wish I had a place to put them. <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> like, yeah. I could just get all these because I, I want them and I want to display them, but I don't really have a room, you know, that's like the game room or anything in my house. I don't – it's just I, – I just feel like my girlfriend wouldn't go for me hanging these in, like, the dining room or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I, m- maybe I'll, I'll pick You might get away with the forest – the yeah. forest looks like ambiguous enough that it doesn't look like magic art, right. it, or, or none of them look like magic art. But when they're all together, it's kind of like, mm, yeah, what's yeah, going on here? Yeah, so <laughs> I, I might pick them up and just hold on to them for a little bit and see if I can eventually figure out a space for them. But, uh, but yeah, it's 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 awesome. So I wanted to briefly point out the um, well, a couple things. One was that. The same day as Legacy Championships, there was also a Legacy Mox happening mm. on uh, on Magic Online. 
and so not only was there a 300-plus person tournament at Gen Con playing Legacy, there was a 300-plus person tournament online playing Legacy. And that tournament was run, won, by, uh, by, won by Sneak and Show, in case anybody was wondering. I'm sure you can find the, uh, find the information for that somewhere. I, I don't happen to have it in front of me, but... Anyway, so uh, back – just another brief thing I wanted to point out about the, the World Magic Cup that even – like some people have, have expressed that they don't like it at all, that this new system is awful. And you can just see – like I'm looking at it right now. There's 13,000 people watching this finals, and they were getting about 8,000 yesterday and Friday, and that's just a ridiculous amount of people. Uh, and I, I hope this is where the future of magic goes because, uh, first of all, it's my job. And second of all, it would be just a wonderful thing to see the, the, you know, the, 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 the television market grow for this basically sport at this point. Um, and it's, it's just a wonderful thing to see. So uh, I think that Gen Con as a whole appears for magic to have been uh, a blowout success. That's not even referencing... Uh, the Soul Forge guys doing their thing, and the Ascension Championships, and uh, a Warcraft even, Grand they, Prix. they had uh, right a Warcraft Grand Prix was happening. There was some number of uh, of net runners available that people were excited about. I saw wow. the Cards Against Humanity Championship happened. I mean, Gen Con's just insane. So uh, kudos to those guys for for starting with something small, and you know. A couple decades later, turning it into the big, the best four days in gaming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you guys want to talk a little bit about these decks that have made it to the uh, the finals here in the WMCQ? What do you think, yeah. Randy? Want to go? Not to- a yeah. Q. I'm sorry. The, yeah, I'm so used to saying WMCQ now, <laughs> like the actual WMC. Yeah. So the actual uh, cup. That's and- right. Of course, for, for whatever reason, I lost that page. Here it is, World Magic Cup. Uh, <laughs> but uh, right now, as we mentioned, the finals are happening between Chinese Taipei and Puerto Rico. Um, one thing that I noticed just before we started recording, uh, you know, they had it on the screen. They had they're showing the different uh, the players on each team, and they have Chinese Taipei on the screen. And um, you know, I, I glanced up because I'm like doing other things, setting up for us to record, and I like happened to I did a double take because I saw the name Paul Rini, and I'm like, wait a second. Paul Rini, that's that's the kid I used to play Versus System with mm-hmm. in uh, in like 2004. It was the local shop, Legends Comics and Games in uh, in Towson, and there were only it was when Versus was like very early. And it was like only two sets were out. I think it was just the the Marvel set and the DC set, and uh, it was only like a dozen of us that ever showed up on Sundays. It was a couple of my friends and stuff. So anyway, the the for years we've been like. I wonder what ever happened to Paul Rini because he was really good at versus, and at one point he was the top ranked versus player in the world on rating, and uh, and then I just look up and oh there he wow. is he's just you know coaching the Chinese Taipei team apparently in the <laughs> in the World Magic Cup so very cool and that's a, a big reason that I'm I'm rooting for Chinese Taipei who are currently up a game I believe uh, in in the actual uh, yes. in the in the finals here so. Um, I'm pretty excited. I, I guess I'm most excited right now to watch uh, watch them play modern. I, I still feel like I, I'm still hungry for modern uh, modern deck mm-hmm. lists, and I really like the list that they're playing in modern. Um, it's it's got uh, it's kind of like a blue white next level bluish kind of list. Uh, you know, path to exile and uh, 
uh, Snapcaster, and um, I, I'm trying to find the actual list so I could I could name a couple more cards. But for whatever reason, while I'm talking here, I can't find it. Um, but it, it looks like a very exciting list. Uh, anything that stands out to you guys, Cranny, or anything? Yeah, I I, I mean. I like these lists because obviously these are very uh, well calculated deck lists. Um, the modern, I think, still needs to grow a little bit because I'm I'm not like too excited about the modern. I'm actually more excited about seeing the standard because I think the standard is really diverse. Uh, I, I especially really like that gen list that uh, the Type A team's playing. Um, but uh, yeah, I I guess. I guess I didn't get to watch as much as you guys. I think mm-hmm. I was more I was more watching the limited portion and watching uh, the American team build their pool and sort of like spectating uh, that, and that was like really awesome. Um, I had a small interaction with the um, with the uh, Chinese Taipei team when we were cube drafting, and they they happened to be next to us. They must have been like strategizing, um, and uh, one of them remarked, "We were playing combo cube," and he's like, "What are you playing?" Like, cause, cause we had like <laughs> rainbow veils out and, and, uh, he's like, what, what format is this? You have so many rainbow veils. And, uh, and so I explained it to him. I thought that was fun. And I, of course, wish him luck and then drive home and find out that they're, uh, you know, they're in the final. So that was kind of cool to interact with yeah. them. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, it, it, seeing these countries come from all over the world is, is so great. And it, it's, one of those things that gives me hope for magic to have a future uh, because, you know, to have the, the game brand expand internationally um, and be printed in, in uh, nearly a dozen different languages is just, I mean, y- you want to see this game last for another 20 years, then that's what you have to do. And uh, it, empowering these countries like, you know, Chinese Taipei and Scotland and whatever to, to be able to, to play at, at a high level and come and bash out. Uh, pros like LSV and Kibler and and you know some of these other countries, that's what this game's all about, and that's that's exciting, and that's what gets thirteen thousand people to get online and watch it. It's like, hey, what's going on? You know, what do these what do these deck lists look like? Let's see the tech. Let's see let's see what these guys brewed up. Let's see what you know. Um, and not to sort of continue on um, without letting you guys chime in, but I want to comment on the format of having um, three people play and one person coach. Um, I think that is, that's just like awesome. And I don't know, I, I haven't really witnessed it in person before. Uh, but I got to watch when, uh, I watched the U S team build their pool, their M 13 seal pool. And it was really cool to hear them talk about how they value different cards and, and all that. And it, and it was very reminiscent of old team sealed. Um, and when they were actually playing LSV, I believe was sitting out, and uh, and he was sort of sandwiched between one of the players. Then it was Kibler, then the other player, so that he had very ready access to the less ex- less experienced players. And um, that was like such a cool format to watch. That like next time we have an eight man draft, I'm I'm actually just going to ask if it would be possible if, if two people set out and could be the coaches because it was like it was so cool to see. Like it was almost like camaraderie, but also to watch that person's expertise as a player. Like maybe he's not the best like M13 guy, but he's very, obviously very technically skilled and would be better to, you know, suited to play in the modern portion of the event and let the less skilled guys sort of play a more, you know, like a better pool. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I just think like I had a ton of fun watching that. I don't know like how it was from a coverage perspective. I'm sure it was amazing, um, but that was awesome. So I just I completely agree with that assessment. The 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 team aspect of this team event has been so heavy, and it's just um, it's 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 just great. I wish that there was more uh, on day one having to do with the team. Um, it seemed like ever it was just sort of. You know, the four players from your country would play, and that was about it for what was related to the team. But ever since then, it's been awesome watching people huddled around games, discussing game states, uh, being like a true team event is mm. is fantastic. I think it's just one of the more interesting events I've ever watched on, on coverage or even live. I think it's just a I, – I wish that I could understand what they were saying and in because I believe they have mics um, – uh, at least for some of the day, some of the feature matches, they had uh, lavalier mu- clip-on mics um, to to catch what some people were saying. But uh, I believe you know, it's, it's just a. I believe Nathan Holt, the guy uh, walked the planes. He was sort of like walking around the entire time. You know, he, he puts those really awesome uh, videos out, and hopefully, in his next video, he'll try to capture some of that. Um, but. Uh, I agree. That would be really cool because I mean, even just being like in a at a ears ears length away from LSV and those guys talk about M13. I was just like, I, I couldn't believe they're like, oh, cut this card, and I'm like, I would never cut that card. That card's amazing, but of course, you know, like their perspective is just, you know, it, it, they're on a totally different level, um, especially when you're playing a team event. So I, I agree, Ruben. That would be really cool. Yeah, and I, I just think that this. I mean, I, I can't say enough about the. Uh the coverage it's just very clean and um professional um the scoreboard down here on the lower right hand side is a great idea they have a ticker that lets everybody keep up with everything it's just it's just a wonderful thing and i i i hope that this is a uh i hope that this is a watershed moment in coverage for magic events because um it would be it would be a shame if if this did not uh immediately just boost how popular magic watching magic stream mm. online. Yeah. We're almost up to 14,000 by the way. Wow. Um, unbelievable. So the, the, the one thing that I noticed that they are missing and I keep actually, my mind keeps looking for it is the timer, uh, is the round yeah. timer. And, and as we're saying this, I'm seeing a lot of high fives. It looks like Chinese Taipei must've just won their second match. And that, I think that means they won the the World Magic Cup from the reactions I'm looking at on the uh, on the screen here. I have it muted, so yep. I can't hear it, but I'm pretty sure Chinese Taipei just won. So congratulations to them. Nice, yeah, very nice. It looks like to me. Also, congratulations to Puerto Rico for making it this far. I mean, they were the eight seed going into the top eight. They were a small fish going into the tournament. I'm sure that. They weren't uh, expected to even be in the top 32, let alone the top 16, let alone the top 8. So congratulations to both teams, but especially Chinese Taipei and especially to Joey Pasco's homeboy. Yeah, Paul Reaney. Very, very From back in the day. Yeah. It's funny. I, I guess he moved there. He's a math teacher according to the top 8 profiles. Like I, I haven't seen him since probably 2004, 2005, but there he is. I'm just looking at him on the screen there. Yep, that's him. You know, He was like 15 at the yeah. time. So. Cool. so funny. It's very cool to uh, <laughs> To see, you know, no wonder I haven't seen him at any magic events because apparently he's been out of the country. <laughs> so, uh, very cool. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for him. Twelve so. times the way. Yeah, that's all. 
So really exciting weekend. Uh, but anyway, what I was saying was the the round timer is something that I've already gotten used to seeing it on mm-hmm. SCG Live, and uh, and I'd be watching earlier in the weekend, going, "How much time? Oh, where is it? How much time's left in the round? How much time's left?" And realizing mm. this isn't SCG Live, these guys are a little behind, a little behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So I'm, uh, you know, of course that that right is kind of like the wrap up for the uh, the Gen Con festivities. I think that the World Magic Cup um, kind of ties a nice little bow on the weekend. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about a couple fun things that happened this weekend that were, were pretty funny. Um, y- yesterday, I, I went to, there's a, well, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and Cincinnati's sort of like our sister city for magic. I have the most friends from Cincinnati. Um, so when we meet up at PTQs, that those are the people that I tend to hang out with the most. And uh, so I go up to them and I'm like, "Hey, let's let's get lunch." And it's it's around lunchtime, and they're all like, "Nah, I know we don't want to get lunch right now." And I'm like, "Oh, well, when do you want to go?" They're like, "Oh, well, we're just not going to go." They're being like kind of like um, standoffish, and I'm like, "Eh, whatever." So I get my buddy Jack, um, Jack Grant, and I say, "Hey, let's let's get lunch." He says, "Oh, sure, sure." So we go get lunch, and we come back, and I send a text to meet up with. Uh, with with these guys um and it was uh taylor and eric, eric klug and i'm like hey we're in the exhibit hall and so we we meet up and we're over by like the star city booth and uh eric like reaches into his pocket and flips a quarter onto the ground and taylor <laughs> leans over to pick it up and like his shirt sort of like lifts up while he's leaning over and there's this tribal tattoo on his back uh, with my face on it, <laughs> an Eric Klug original. Yeah, so uh, a, a crayon stamp. Yeah, yes. so the guys on the on the bridge which is a, a very lewd podcast. Um, they invented something called the crayon stamp, which is a tattoo with my face, uh, skin, uh, optional uh, <laughs> tribal accompaniment. And um, so I I lost yep. it. I I texted it to my wife, and she showed her sister. And it, it's are bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> it posted so it on funny. Twitter. It's on. It's on yeah. Twitter. I mean, you can probably post a link to it if you want in the show notes. It seems like uh, to see. You know, if you want to find it, I'm sure you can find it. Yeah, but <laughs> you, go just find Cranny's Twitter, K Stube, and uh, yeah. and you'll you'll find it. I think what what was it you uh, you tweeted? I've arrived. Or I, I finally arrived. Start- like, Search the hashtag Cran Stamp. Oh, that's yeah. You can do that. the tweet. Perfect. That was pretty absurd. And um, I, I, I was trying to see if I may have broken my record for number of different cubes played in a weekend, and I, I don't believe I did. I believe I tied it. Um, but we did a lot of cubing this weekend. Um, probably not as much as I would have liked, just because. Gen Con, there's so much to do and so many people to see. In fact, when I get to shout outs, I'm only going to shout out a couple people. And I, I only do that. I do that because I, I pr- could probably take up like five minutes talking about all the amazing people that I got to hang out with this weekend, all the new people that I got to meet. Um, so <laughs> I won't, won't be doing that. But, shout uh, out to K-Stube. Yeah, shout out to K-Stube. Trying to make that a, a meme. Trying to make that a, you know. Sort of underground. Of course, of course, you're trying to make that a meme. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I shouldn't say trying. I'm hopeful that that will become a meme. <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, so, sort of. The- Thus ended the uh, the Gen Con discussion, I believe. Yep. Which uh, which took place in Indianapolis, Indiana. And guess what else is happening in Indianapolis, Indiana, folks? What's that? We have a fl- first of all flawless segue on my part. Shout out to Box Ruby. 
<laughs> the, the the schedule of the next what is this fourteen uh, Grand Prix came out uh, that goes through mid March. And if you guys would be so interested, I'm going to read them to you real quick. The next one that uh, was announced, they don't have the formats yet, but these are the Grand Prix uh, for the end of 2012 and the beginning of 2013, uh, are December 22nd, 23rd, which will be Christmas break for most people, in Indianapolis. Yep. Uh, Followed by early January, we have Denver which is where uh, Joey is going to be this weekend. Yep. Uh, an early January Denver trip is interesting to me. I'm not sure how many people are going to show up slash not be able to show up because of weather concerns. Yeah, that's the second time we've heard about that recently with uh, Pro Tour Montreal uh, coming up in, like, February. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. like Wizards has some kind of thing where they're like, maybe we can just freeze everybody out. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, so we've got Indianapolis and Denver. Then January 12th and 13th, we've got Atlantic City and Singapore, both on the 12th and 13th, followed by January 19th, 20th, Bilbao, Spain, and Sydney, Australia. So those are – especially the Sydney one is somewhat exciting because I'm not sure that Australia had a Grand Prix last year. Can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, Then February 9th and 10th, London. Which I know they didn't have a Grand Prix last year. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty That's, interesting one. Yeah. Then February 23rd, 24th, uh, we've got Charlotte, which is close to me, so I'm pretty happy about that. And more interestingly, Quebec City, because I believe it's the week before that is the is the Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. So people can just stay in Canada after Montreal and then go to the Quebec um, – That is very smart plan. Quebec they Grand may be Prix. snowed in anyway, so they might have That's to That's true. Stay. Yeah. I'd have to stay at KYT's house. Yep, everybody um, at KYT's. That's right. KYT or, or, or Jay Bush. I'm sure Jay Bush would not want anyone staying at his house. <laughs> or Scotty Mac. Scotty Scotty could stay there. Medina's in Ohio, so we can't uh, can't do that one. Yeah. Find someone in a mana-deprived shirt and stay at their house. Yeah. <laughs> um, March 2nd and 3rd, Yokohama, Japan, which I believe they had a – Grand Prix there? No, that was Hiroshima, Japan. They had a Grand Prix last year. No, we had, anyway. we had a Yokohama GP this year. Was there a Yokohama this year? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. It was the modern GP. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Verona, Italy, March 9th and 10th, and also on March 9th and 10th is Rio de Janeiro. And then the last yes. ones we got on this list are March 16th, 17th, San Diego, which is a good one. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't think they've been to San Diego for a little while. And Utrecht, Netherlands. Which I'm not sure where Utrecht is in the Netherlands, but uh, somewhere. Yeah, in the Netherlands. It's a small country. It's got to be somewhere there. Nice. That looks so good. that's that's the Grand Prix list. Uh, do you guys have any favorites? Do you have any interesting notes that I uh, that I failed to point out? I'll be at I'll be at Indy, no doubt about that. Uh, I would love to make Charlotte in February because that, that'll be a nice. Uh, maybe it'll be a little warmer there, but other than that, looks and good to me. Visit me. What's oh that? yeah, you'll be so close. Oh That's yeah, yeah. Come drive down. Yeah, I, I might make it to Atlantic City. It's not that far away, so right. maybe I'll make I think it. That's one that I'm definitely going to. Yeah. Uh, I think that Wizards has sort of stopped shying away from putting Magic tournaments in places that have gambling, mm. and that's very exciting for me because uh, a lot of the players that have stopped really playing Magic and have moved on to poker come back for those. Right. And that's 
that's fun for me, and it's also uh, good PR for the company. Yeah, Debatable sure. good PR for the company, but I think it's good PR for the company. Well, it's something that it attracts people to watch, you know, like, hey, look, it's a, it's a GP in Atlantic City. Dave Williams is playing, you know, yeah. something like that. Like, he shows up at Pro Tours uh, that, he, you know, that's not – he's not a an uncommon sight at Pro Tours, but like – He was at Gen Con this weekend. He was uh, playing Vintage, and then he was in the Ascension Championships. Yeah, like he – I mean I know he was at Gen Con last year. That was when he, he had a uh, a deck stolen, right? So I know for sure that he was at Gen Con <laughs> last year. Yeah. But um, unfortunately – but anyway, yeah, Dave Williams, very uh, – That actually segues great. into a brief thing that I wanted to ask Cranny about. Uh, Cranny, you were there. Was there any talk of any theft? I did not see or hear – I didn't see any uh, officers escort anybody out. I didn't hear of any high-profile decks. Uh, I didn't hear any announcements of a loudspeaker. Because this, this is interesting to me because there were the last, there were obviously last year, and there have been for this is a thing in the Magic community, and they appear to have taken great strides, or or at least attempted to have taken great strides in the security at Gen Con. There mm. were there were uh, in uniform and um, uh, camouflaged. I forget what it's called. Uh, plain clothes, yeah, incognito, uh, all over mm-hmm. the vintage champs. You needed to get a bracelet if you were in the event and you couldn't yep. go in there for security reasons. Um, you know, and I and I heard that they just boosted security in general for all of Gen Con. So this is a another brief thing I wanted to to touch on is is uh, good on you, Gen Con and pastimes and. Uh, yeah. whoever else is doing it because this is a big problem it's one of the biggest problems actually mm-hmm. with magic tournaments uh in general and um if there's a way to fix it then then by all means do it so i was just curious and it seems as if that they've they've taken a step in the right direction yeah, so, yeah. uh any other, any other uh 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 gps you're interested in here uh i of course would love to go to japan but that's probably not happening yeah, I, sure. I would love to go to London. Uh, that, that was I haven't been there. Actually, actually, I was there January two thousand three, so it would be a full ten years. Wow. Uh, you know. Yeah, of. I've never been there. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a pretty cool place. I I was impressed, and I definitely want to go back. I just yeah, you know. all of Olympic fever will have subsided by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wizards but trying to help their economy yeah. a little bit, little bit after the Olympics subside right. and everybody <laughs> leaves the mass. They'll, uh, still, they'll still have a lot of the facilities, so you'll still have better trains, better buses, um, but cheaper hotels. Right, for, exactly. For the London uh, trip. The, the thi- I, I want to go back to this Denver thing in January. It, it's very strange to me that you would put a GP in Denver in January and you would put, I guess, put a Pro Tour and then a GP in Canada in February. It's just weird planning to me. Yeah. Maybe maybe those cities are better, uh, have a better infrastructure to support for, like, cold weather. You know what I mean? Like, Minneapolis gets, you know, 50 times as much snow as a city like, you know, Columbus and uh, has the snow plows and infrastructure to support it. That's um, fine. We're like, we yeah. get four inches. We, we cancel, like, the world. Yeah, uh, but San Diego's in March, right? Why can't we just swap out San Diego and Denver? Right. Yeah, no, you, you're, you're right. You're right. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's, it's just a little weird to me. It's, it's, it's their business. In their infinite wisdom, they've decided to do this for some good reason, Yeah, I would hope. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, not, yeah. I'm not expecting any den uh, any any snow in Denver this coming weekend that will be inhibiting travel plans. So, and also we don't have an announcement. Obviously, again, just real quickly, we don't have an announcement on uh, on formats for mm-hmm. these for GP. these GPs. Yeah. Do we know? Oh, what- I hope Indianapolis is legacy. Oh, that makes me <laughs> so happy. <laughs> well, they just had an Indianapolis legacy. I know. Let's repeat it. It was such a good <laughs> turnout, right? <laughs> Maybe it'll be modern this time. I don't know. Right. I'm fine you. with that. That'd be good. What uh, What's the format for Pro Tour Montreal? Uh, you know what? I don't even remember. Is that mod? That's not modern. I think it just might be standard. Is it just standard? So what's the What's the Quebec City one going to be? Is that going to be a sealed? I think. Uh, I I I'd have to look at the. Gosh, I don't know. I guess it would feed into maybe to return to Ravnica, uh, like Gatecrash. So okay, and so then the Charlotte one that's the same weekend wouldn't be standard or sealed, right? So that yeah. one is either legacy or modern. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got uh, Pro Tour Gatecrash, which is the one in Montreal, is standard, yeah, yeah. and uh... okay, and then Quebec might be limited of some kind. So I was just trying to predict what the Charlotte one that weekend was going to be, since that's the closest one to me that I'll be obviously going to. Right. So uh, anyway, if you guys have any opinions on the uh, the Grand Prix schedule. Um, some predictions on what you think uh, the different uh, cities are going to be hosting. Leave them in the show notes or leave them underneath the show notes in that nice little bar where you can leave comments. That's all I got about the schedule. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up, I, I did want to quickly um, do a couple shout outs, unless you guys had any topics you wanted to try to cover today. Mm, yeah. mm, uh, any any uh, interesting decks this weekend, like, uh, or, you know, this weekend from, from Gen Con or the World Magic Cup that we think might affect the uh the standard portion of well i guess even the legacy portion i forgot there was a legacy <laughs> event this weekend of denver this weekend I, the thing that jumps out at me is that it seems like there was a lot of talk of the infect deck i know it's it's been a thing already and we talked about it last week because it, it came it was in the finals of the uh the scg open series last week and i think uh you know it won fnm champs and I, I think it was also uh, one of the teams, I don't remember which, was playing Mono Green Infect in the World Magic Cup. So I, I kind of, that was a deck that we, we talked about, possibly people kind of forgetting about it. But I, mm-hmm. I kind of think that now that it's reminded people this weekend and still kind of been consistent over two weekends, we might see a lot of that in Denver. But if there's anything you guys might have noticed. I, I think, think you're, go ahead, Ruby. I was going to say I think that uh, I think that that analysis is spot on, but I would also say that uh, if you're considering playing Infect in Denver, I would suggest against it because this is two straight weekends now where a Infect deck has done okay at an event once in the Star City and once in a much larger event, the World Magic or uh, at Gen Con, uh, and in the World Magic Cup. Actually, there yeah. was a couple players playing Infect decks in the standard portion, um, and decks like in linear. Uh, easy to like with specific hate cards, um, hate out decks like Infect, uh, much like Dredge in Legacy. I think that the, that they are uh, they're a poor choice for a little while mm. after they uh, they become good. Sort of like Merfolk in Legacy, oh, yeah. just, just recently, where you know it's very it's it's just put as many relentless rats into play as you can. Um, and you can hate that out relatively easy, easily. This is just, you know, all of your creatures are really, really good at dealing damage to players, but really, really bad at dealing damage to creatures. Um, and planeswalkers, especially. 
uh, I think that, uh, it, that there's going to be some backlash. I, I would not expect Infect to do well this weekend. Yeah, not a good weekend to uh, play play the ramp decks. <laughs> I, I I think that uh, the I would be playing Delver again. I think Delver's uh, the Talran version specifically is really good right now. Having access to all that those Phyrexian mana spells, get shot, all that good stuff. So I expect to see another weekend full of Delver. I still think Infect will do well because that deck's a that deck's a powerhouse. But uh, yeah, you just reminded me of Team Canada was playing like uh, Lucas Cial, I believe, and. Uh, I can't remember who else on the team was playing, but they were in standard were playing like the blue green Delver with Kyrian Dryad. So that's something mm-hmm. that now has has been showcased on camera and uh, might be appealing to some players. I know it was. Uh, I think it saw play a little in Buffalo at uh, you know SCG Buffalo. But um, anyway, that that's another deck that might have you know caught some attention and maybe people will be picking that up uh, if they mm-hmm. want to play something. They want to play Delver, but maybe not the typical Delver. Yeah. That's good. It's it's a sharp list. Uh, of course, you know, be on the lookout for daily events. Check out the uh, events from the World uh, Magic Cup and also the FNM Championship. There's enough lists to keep you to keep you busy for a long time, especially if you're one of those guys that likes to moto, um, where there's like an ever changing metagame. That's sort of like it's sort of a precursor to the real metagame, where like we were seeing Infect decks like well before that they were uh, that they were getting popular. Uh, IRL, for lack of a better term, and uh, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely expect to see um, a lot of blue white. But uh, yeah, so um, like I said, I did, I did want to shout a few people out. Um, there's, there's no way that I'm going to be able to cover even a fraction of the people that I got to meet and hang out with this weekend. Um, but uh, I did want to say thanks to all of the guys from the bridge, especially uh, Taylor Gunn and Jack Grannon, who uh, I got to, to eat, eat a lot of food with and um, hang out with this weekend. I got to play Glenn Jones's one drop cube, which was like insanely fun. Um, and, uh, and I got to talk with him uh, quite a bit and uh, he's a super cool guy. And of course, Eric Klug and um, Adam Staborski, who, uh, who I got to hang out with a bunch, um, and uh, they're from Maryland, and I uh, don't get to see them often. And, of course, um, uh, Eric put it best when he said that Gen Con is a lot like a family reunion for Magic players because, uh, you know, of course, you guys weren't able to make it. I don't anticipate that you will miss next year because uh, it's just, um, you know, it was like if you didn't have anything to do, you could just walk into the tournament hall and find one of your buddies and be like, "Hey, let's go walk around the let's go walk around the dealer hall, or let's go check out the food trucks. I want a cookie, or you know." And, and it, it was just, or like, I want a cube. I want to do whatever. And um, so, like I said, it, it was awesome. I, I had a lot of people come up to me say, "Hey, I really enjoy the show." So if you're one of those guys, um, I'm sorry uh, that uh, I don't have your name handy, but. Um, Really appreciate you guys listening. Um, it, it's it's moments like that where people come up and, and say they listen to the show that uh, that really make this worth it. Of course, your comments um, on the shows are also are uh, you know great to, to let us know what your feedback is, what what kind of topics you want us to cover, um, and uh, and all that good stuff. So awesome weekend, had a great time. I wish you guys I wish you guys could have made it because I know you would have had a blast. But uh, next year, of course, Me yeah. Too. I wish I could have made it too. Uh, Ruben, anything you wanted to add? No, I'm just, uh, I'm 
I am so tired after every weekend of working uh, these SCG Opens that uh, I'm t- I like taking off as many weekends as I can, um, which is why I'm probably not even going to the Grand Prix in, uh, in Boston next weekend because I've got like five out of six weeks or five out of seven weeks where I'm going to be on the road after that. Um, but among the events that I would make an excuse for in the future, Gen Con is among them. I've never been. Uh, and I think I want to go, so that'd be a fun time. Yeah. So uh, um, I will. Uh, th- the problem, though, this is a fun fact. There are three blackout dates for vacation days at Star City Games. Uh, those would be Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Gen Con. Wow. <laughs> so, because everybody wants to go, right? You should just volunteer to work the booth, man. You you could be a buyer. You could do it. I mean, I could, but they have buyers that are there. That's their job. Oh. Okay. So you know. <laughs> I, I I I would prefer to try to convince uh, convince the media department to send a media force of some kind. Yeah, it's like yeah, the get one, a press the pass. One, get in there. One downfall of working for a, uh, a Magic the Gathering or game related company is that you may be blacked out to go to Gen Con. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I just uh, I wanted to just make a quick shout out for uh, for those of you. Who are big uh, Mr. Scotty Mac fans? Scotty Mac gonna uh, gonna be on Legit MTG every week with a a stream slash article series, and I know he's pretty excited about that. I'm excited about it for him. And uh, those of you guys who are fans of of Scotty Mac want to uh, want to keep an eye out for that. So cool. I want to ask Cranny a quick question. Yeah. When is Joy of Cubing happening? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the first episode went up. And uh, it it featured Eric Klug, and it'll be going up approximately every two weeks because I didn't think a weekly show would be possible, especially since I do this show. Um, so you can expect to see the next episode by the end of this week. So you'll be listening to this on Wednesday. Hopefully you see an episode by Friday, and it'll go up. Um, I'll be posting it on Twitter, but I also have a, a, a blog I set up, joycubing.blogspot.com. And who's uh, who's the guest? Or do you have a guest this time? Well, I have a list of guests, and I have a couple episodes recorded, but uh, I'm sort of debating on wh- in what order I'm going to do them. So Okay, cool. It's secret, Ruben. Well, let us know eventually. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would like to uh, let the folks out there know that I will be streaming Moto uh, every Wednesday with Adam Prozac. Nice. Uh, oh, seriously? At 9 p.m. on the Dream cool. Stream. So far, I've streamed with him twice, once with MTGO Cube and once with Talran Delver, and uh, whenever I'm on his stream, we're undefeated. So hopefully that trend continues. We furrowed a daily, and then we won a cube draft. So uh, hopefully I'm, that, I'm the good luck charm. I'm so, glad you mentioned him because I, I forgot to shout him out. I specifically wanted to shout him out because he's so insane. Yeah, he's, yeah, obviously. He's just the poss- best possible. He is, um, yeah, he and I will be, will be working together. On uh, on some future, I forget what which actual city it's in, but at one of the SCG opens, he will be announcing, and I will be working the coverage. I'm, I'm doing but, coverage with him in Providence, I believe. So that might be the one. I believe nice. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, tune in on Wednesdays to the Dream Stream. You can catch it on either his Twitter, which is uh, Adam underscore Prozac, or I'm sorry, is it? No, it's A underscore Prozac on Twitter, or you can just go to my Twitter at MoxRuby. That's all I got. Awesome. Nice. So uh, I believe that's everything for this week. Uh, Until next time, we're in contention. 